A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Hey, y'all. Last week, we got the news that beloved character actor John Witherspoon passed away. Coincidentally, we were already finalizing today's episode about one of the many iconic pieces of culture John Witherspoon was known for. Before we get into that episode, we want to pause for a bit to honor him and just remember his legacy. Because nearly everyone has a favorite John Witherspoon role. There's Craig's dad, Willie, from the Friday movies. Craig! Huh? Come in here! Where you at? In the bathroom! Oh man, I'll wait till you come out. Boy, bring your ass off up in here. What you talking about? You wait till I come out. I smelt your shit for 22 years. Now you can't smell mine for five minutes. I feel like that's happened to me in many different situations, Sally. <laughs> <laughs> but he was also known for Granddad on the Boondocks. I present to you the Luther, a four-pound burger patty covered in cheese, grilled onion, five strips of bacon, all sandwiched between... Two donuts! Two Krispy Kreme donuts. It's called the Luther because it was supposed to have been invented by Mr. Luther Vandross himself. Luther Vandross is dead. And what's your point? Hmm? (laughs) My personal favorite role of his was Pops on the Wayans Brothers TV show. Their bond, like as as father and sons, actually felt really real. And it was so silly. Like you could not tell me he was not their actual father. And while the show was meant to be about Sean and Marlon, Pops stole the show every single week. Yo, my name is Pop. With the human beast, the beat You know I never stop. Better call the cops. Somebody give me some pop. Hey, your mom. See you at the studio with my beeps. Maybe we can get DMX to put some new lyrics on my track. All right, pops. Hey, good Hey, yo, pop, man, this is getting out of hand. We need to talk to you. Word? <laughs> I think my personal favorite was him in Boomerang, where he played a father with, you know, a truly amazing personal style. Mm. I'm trying to impress you, you know that. I know it. Yeah. Now, where'd you get the mushroom shirt? I got to know. Well, the secret is, you got to coordinate. Uh-huh. Most people don't coordinate. See, you got to coordinate. Yes. When you saw me, you saw the mushroom I shirt. Mushroom shirt. Bang, mushroom, mushroom shirt. shirt. But see, you can't stop with the mushroom shirt. You now, gotta I would, go on. I'd have stopped the no, shirt. No, you got to keep going. Okay. Now, let me show you something. Look at that. Oh, you got it. Mushroom belt. Gerard, did you know your pops had a mushroom belt on? Yes. But you don't stop there, see? You gotta keep going. I think that's actually how I learned to pronounce (laughs) coordinate. Oh my gosh. The list with John Witherspoon goes on and on. I mean, when he came on screen, he shone every time. You know, obviously because his comedic timing was 
sharp, yes. to say the least. But inside that comedy was empathy and heart. Honestly, we started working on today's episode long before last week, but we hope it now feels like a bit of a tribute because Pops deserves it. From Gimlet Media, this is The Nod, a podcast about Black culture from Blackness's biggest fans. I'm Brittany Luce. And I'm Eric Eddings. So, Brittany, mm-hmm. you know those movies that you watch and they just ruin your entire fucking day, you know? They're good, but you personally are wrecked after. Yeah, I yeah. do. I do. It's like Requiem for a Dream, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, Revolutionary Road. The types of movies you can only watch like once every five years or sometimes longer, you know? Uh, oh, cause yeah. Because it's just kind of like that heavy, mm-hmm. you know? Every couple of years, I just watch In the Mood for Love, and I cry. They be eating yeah. them noodles. They're so in love. <laughs> they don't get together. It just goes south. But yeah, you feel it. So for me, that movie is menace to society. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that menace to society. I haven't seen that in like eight years. You're probably better for it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah. So the movie is set in Watts, L.A. It follows this kid, Kane. And from the first scene in the movie where you see this convenience store robbery and double homicide, you think, holy shit, black life in 90s L.A. is dark. Yeah, I the first time I saw that movie, I was at my parents' house and... The whole time I was watching, I was just like stressed. I was sitting there, had a blanket over my head, covering my eyes sometimes because it's like you get into the story, you feel for the characters, but it's also just like you see how much they be going through. Yeah, it's intense. It's too much. And I saw that movie when I was seven. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, no, no. That should not have happened. It obviously traumatized me, Mm -hmm. but I also loved it. (laughs) Yeah. It's a really good movie. One of the things that, like, drew me to it and other movies like it, kind of like these L.A. hood movies, was that they felt like some of the few, like, black coming-of-age stories that I would see growing up in Mm. the 90s, you know? Yeah. They had all-black casts. They feature young people trying to navigate, you know, quote-unquote, real life. Like, I loved all those L.A. hood movies. South Central, Boys in the Hood. Yeah, a classic. You know, and they all had kind of, like, a few things in common. Uh, Being depressing. (laughs) Gangs, drugs, violence everywhere, police violence, you know, all those things like must occur on screen every one to two minutes. Yeah. 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 And then, you know, people say like inner city, South Central, all these things come up a lot. And then if a character like smiles in the beginning of the movie, that character later dies or like their best friend dies at the end. Stress, stress, Mm -hmm. stress. And like watching these movies actually kind of gave me and probably many other folks, like, a pretty skewed view of what Black folks were experiencing in L.A. in the 90s. Like, it seemed like the only happy and safe Black people in L.A. at that time were, like, Dion and Murray from Clueless mm. and the Banks family from The Fresh Prince. But then, this visionary came along. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Um, maybe. This auteur of a filmmaker came along. An icon who actually helped define and popularize the genre of the L.A. Hood movie, but one who knew it was time to tear it all down. Huh. I mean, we see these movies about South Central L.A., right? You know, you see, okay, the hardcore banger live in that house. The, you know, the, the, uh, 
drug sell dealer live in that house? What about all the other houses on the block? You know what I'm saying? Who live in those other houses on the block? So this is just showing one of them houses on the block. You I know, know we about to talk that's about. That's around all this madness. You know, and to show the world that, you know, we real people with, you know, we have fun too. This auteur, this visionary filmmaker is... Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Yeah. One of the founding members of N.W.A., mm. an artist who helped usher in gangster rap. Literally, niggas with attitude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and one of the stars of, like, the biggest L.A. hood movie of all time, Boys in the Hood. Yeah. He thought it was time for a change. And the movie that he co-wrote with DJ Pooh, uh-huh. produced and starred in, the movie that would redefine the L.A. hood genre was... Friday. Yes, Friday. So, (laughs) the movie Friday is a day in the life of Craig. He's played by Ice Cube, and it's him and his best friend, Smokey, played by Chris Tucker. And I let Smokey, in one of the most iconic lines of the movie, and in general, in film history, uh, he's going to set this up for us. Hey, I know you don't smoke weed. I know this. But I'm going to get you high today. Because it's Friday, you ain't, you ain't got, got no, no job, job, you ain't, ain't got, got shit, shit to do. <laughs> Literally said this to my fiance the other day. He was talking about, he's like, should we, say, should we watch a couple more YouTube videos on yeah. Friday night? And I was like, look, it's Friday, you ain't got no job, you ain't got shit to exactly. do. Exactly. <laughs> I always remember the, uh, the theme song, Time to Find a Better Way. It's such a just like basic song, but it, it really was. It calls back to just such fun. So many good memories. So the movie obviously is like very fun. It was nothing like kind of these depressing, hyper violent movies that came before it, you know? Mm-hmm. And the fun is like all tied up in this iconic cast of characters. You got the neighborhood bully, Debo, yeah. you got Ezel, yes. like, oh my God, Miss Parker. Oh my Ooh. gosh. The like addict junkie character, Felicia. Felicia. What y'all smoking on? Nothing. What you want? Oh, I need to borrow your car right quick. What kind of shit is that? Most people want to borrow sugar. They even ketchup. You want to borrow my car? Hell no. Get hell on, Felicia. Remember that. Remember it. Write it down. Take a picture. I don't give a fuck. Craig. Bye, Felicia. Actually, I was doing... (laughs) I, on Saturday, I got kind of bored on, on Saturday night. My hair was kind of dry. So I was like, let me do, let me like go through the paddle brush and just get at it and put some, you know, moisturize it up. Uh-huh. And then um, I decided to, bra- I never do braid outs. I usually do two stuff. First of all, I normally do nothing. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Let me do some braids. Mm-hmm. I was chilling. I was watching TV. And then, you know, I just hadn't looked in the mirror in mm-hmm. hours. <laughs> and then before I went to sleep, I was like, you know, getting undressed. And I looked at my fiance and I was like, be honest with me, don't like Felicia right now. And he actually said yes. Wow. He, he loves you enough to yes. tell you the truth. Yeah. But you don't look like Felicia today. You have not asked me to borrow my microwave. You know? No. <laughs> <laughs> what are your favorite moments? Like, everybody has those scenes on Friday oh, that just, man. like, mean the most. Well, it's just, like, I mean, there's just, like, oh, my gosh. <sighs> I wanted to be Neil. Actually, when I was really into running, maybe, like, six or seven years ago, mm-hmm. part of my inspiration was Neil Long. <laughs> In a spandex two-piece, running through the neighborhood. Yeah. 
I feel like, like that was one of the earliest depictions of like a black, black folks woman running. running. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, like, goddamn. But yeah, it's just like everybody's seen that movie. Yeah. Everybody's seen that movie. And like one of the things I feel like people really like herald about it was also just like the family, Craig's family at the core of it. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to seem like super relatable. Like, you know, Craig had the love-hate relationship with his sister. The mom and dad were super funny and yeah. like, you know, you could really like get into them. They And they also seemed kind of like a bedrock family for the neighborhood. They clearly like knew everybody. Yeah. You know, and then again, like in contrast with these movies that we have been watching, like they both had a job, you know, yeah. like they were, I guess they were married. That was supposed to make them, you know, kind of like nuclear family almost. Yeah. Also like Craig's sort of like not, like not fully having it together was yeah. just like a, he was a young guy who didn't have it together as opposed to it being like this whole pathologized, like yeah. Craig doesn't have it together the because his dad is blah, blah, blah. Craig was just a young guy. He didn't yeah. have it together, which is like who amongst us has never been in that situation? Whew. I know I've been in that situation. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting that you say that. Um, You know, I was doing my annual rewatch of Friday. Oh, I didn't realize Um, you rewatched it annually. Usually it's like before I rewatch The Wood uh, Mm. and maybe after I've rewatched Love and Basketball. So, you know, I was rewatching Friday and I noticed something while I was watching it that like troubled me. Like, it honestly changed my entire perspective on the film in this way that like was pretty like pretty rough I was shocked and you know I was thinking about it I was watching this movie and I'm thinking about this kind of this context how we herald this family and I'm realizing that like Craig's family was actually horrible (laughs) they were fucking terrible like really really bad you know and that is why today I am going to present to you The three reasons why The Family and Friday is actually one of the worst movie families of all time. Wow. I'm ready to hear this because, like, clearly I need a refresh. Coming up after the break, I pull back the curtain on one of the most sinister movie families of all time. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, Gift Mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. This episode is brought to you by Visit Myrtle Beach. You know what's better than getting away to a beach? Getting together at the beach. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They've got over 2,000 restaurants, live music playing all day and night, and endless attractions. This place was made for playing hard and beaching easy. Welcome to 60 Miles Where You Belong. The Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Plan your trip at visitmyrtlebeach.com. 
So the first reason why The Family and Friday is actually one of the worst movie families of all time. They are on his ass constantly for being out of a job for one day. One day. You know what? So you know I spent a lot of my (laughs) 20s under or unemployed. Yeah, Uh, uh, job insecure. Yeah, job insecure. (laughs) I don't want to shave my family, but... Maybe they do the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) You're saying this, and I'm like, hmm. I'm like, is that they're not supposed to do that? (laughs) Well, hopefully, this isn't too triggering (laughs) for you. So, early on, it's established that Craig has lost his job the day before. Yes. So, here he is explaining to Smokey, his best friend, what happened. Got fired yesterday. For real? I thought you had a day off yesterday. I did. I went in there to pick up my check, came home. Supervisor called me about 4 o'clock, talking about they got me on videotape stealing boxes. What the fuck you doing stealing boxes for? What, you trying to build a clubhouse? Man, I know you ain't go out like that. Hell no. They ain't got me on tape. She said they did. Fired me on the spot. Talking about pressing charges. God damn. You got to be a stupid motherfucker to get fired on your day off. So, like... Obviously, Smokey isn't the only one who mocks Craig for getting fired. Like, his entire fucking family beats up on him for not having a job. Again, keep in mind, he only got fired the day before this conversation happened. He hasn't even had time to look for any job. Exactly. And despite that, his dad talks to him like he's dumb. Craig, you listen to me. I want you to get your ass up today. Go out and look for a job. The word today is job. J-O-B. Oh, okay. Yeah. Go look for a job today. He went to sleep yesterday just getting the news that he was fired. Like, the man ain't even had a day to recoup. He was accused of a crime. Now, one thing I will say. When I was fired at 25, I was really sad that day. And my dad, I was like, feeling so bad. And I was like, apologizing. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I felt so ashamed, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. Now, he did say, he was like, look, I think you should just go get drunk today <laughs> and not worry about this right now. He's mm-hmm. like, you, can, it'll, you still won't have a job tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So just, like, go get fucked up. Yeah. Cry it out, you know, just like dance it out, whatever you got to do. And then tomorrow you can get up and you can worry about this. That mm-hmm. is one thing I will say is that my family wouldn't, I don't think they would have pounced on me quite this quickly. But spelling out J-O-B. <laughs> that would have happened. Repeatedly. <laughs> that is a classic for my father. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't just his dad. His mom was on his ass too. Hey, mom. What? Owe me $200. Craig. I wouldn't feel comfortable lending you $200 without a job. If I was working, I wouldn't need $200. Exactly. (laughs) Again, one day. It's fucked up. She was a little curt in ending that conversation with him. That, for me, would have opened up a dialogue where I would have been like, wait, why do you need to? I understand you lost your job. Yeah. Why do you need $200? She didn't even care. Right now. That I will give. I will give you. Okay. But $200 is bold. But even the, even bold. the dad, not even about $200, the dad tried to get him to follow his own career footsteps <laughs> while also advocating for some, you know, animal cruelty. Also, while taking a shit. You need a trade. Take a look at that paper over there on the, the, the counter there. <laughs> <laughs> oh! 
I ain't trying to be no dog catcher. Why not? <laughs> I don't even like dogs. That's the beauty of it. I grab a dog, and I choke him, and I, I kick the shit out of him. And I, and I, all day long, I foot up a dog's ass. Just bang, bang, bang up his ass. That's my pleasure. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Around here, you're going to work and go to school. The first of the month, rent is due. If you ain't got nothing on the table, you ain't got to worry about catching a dog. You got to worry about a dog catching your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's funny, but he, what he's saying is like, hey, my only son, don't follow your dreams. Do this job where the only bright spot of my day is terrorizing animals who grew up without love, without a home. Does that sound like great fatherly advice, Brittany? I would, okay, I would say maybe no. Not that. Not, not that. It's been 24 hours, okay? A good family would have told him that this is an opportunity for a reset, you know? Mm. Tell him to find a career instead of just another J-O-B, you know? <laughs> Ask him what his passions are. This is a travesty. This young man doesn't need to be micromanaged into a new job. What he needs is mentorship. That's kind of fair. Especially because I will note that Craig was accused of a crime. Like everyone seemed to know that Craig didn't actually steal the boxes. Where is the family's sense of justice? That's a good point. That's a good point. So no, I can't let this stand. A good family would lend support. A good family would defend. A good family would lend him $200. And that's, that's Brittany, is the first reason why The Family in Friday is actually one of the worst movie families of all time. Because they are constantly on his ass for being out of a job for just 24 hours. Actually, he they called him at 4 p.m., so it's yeah. actually less than 24 hours. Exactly. I would actually <laughs> venture that it's actually like 16 hours. Like 16 hours. That's crazy. Yeah. Okay, are you ready to move on to reason number two? I am. I'm, cu- I'm curious what reason number two it is. Builds. Okay. All right. Reason number two why The Family in Friday is actually one of the worst movie families of all time. Craig's dad unequivocally fails at his one job in the movie. Okay. So, in the L.A. Hood movies, there's kind of always someone trying to impart wisdom to some— Lawrence Fishburne. Yes. Bing Rames. Yes. In Baby Boy. So Lawrence yeah. Fishburne and Boys in, in Boys the Hood. In Boys in the Hood, Ving Rames and Baby Boy. I ain't trying to be your daddy or nothing. But if you need some advice, feel free to talk to me. Because I've seen it all and I've done it all to the full. Now you may think you're seeing some new shit out here, but this ain't nothing but a rerun to me. You know what I'm saying? Bing Rames and Baby Boy, A-plus character. <laughs> you know, you have these characters who are trying to just divert our protagonist from the street life. Yeah. You know? yeah. And delivering this message is usually actually their only job in the movie. So in Friday, there's a scene, you know, where Craig's dad, played by John Witherspoon, Craig's dad walks in on Craig holding a handgun. Okay? You remember this? <laughs> So Craig says to his dad that he needs the gun to walk Smokey down the block to his house, just to walk his friend home. 
okay? And this is it. In the moment, you know, like, it's coming. Like, he's about to drop this bomb monologue, set Craig right, yeah. you know? It's John Witherspoon's time to fucking shine, okay? Let's take a deep look at how he handles it. Okay. You kids that did nothing but punks. Sissified. So quick to pick up a gun. You scared to take an ass whipping. This one makes you a man. <laughs> He's squaring up. When I was growing up, this was all the protection we needed. You win some, you lose some. But you live. You live to fight another day. And you think you're a man with that gun in your hand, don't you? I'm a man without it. Put the gun down. Come on, put up your dukes. Now you're a man. <laughs> your uncle picked up a gun, too. He had to find out the hard way. 22 years old. You got a choice. These all you need. All right? So... This is actually a pretty good speech. I was going to say, that's not, so, that, that's not so bad. He sets up the stakes of the problem. He brings it back to his day. He's like, look, you know, back in my day, we just fought. He tells them a story of, like that relates to their actual family to yeah. really drive home. He's yeah. like, your uncle got killed. Yeah. It's a speech that I felt, like, I felt inspired. I was like, I was like, oh, man, that was a good message. It's nice. Yeah. You know, until Craig's dad walks out the room, leaving Craig with the fucking gun. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, like, it would have been good to take it with you. In what world would you leave your son, who is 22, in, again, we're talking about in the hood. People get shot all the time, every single day. You're going to walk out. Like, gun violence is common. You're going to walk out the door, leave him with the instrument of death? I would have taken it with me. But the other thing I was thinking about is I was like, wow, you really telling him to go out here? Like, you know the other man's going to have a gun. And he's just like, go with your fists. That's also not, it's not the great advice. advice. It's one of those things where I'm like, you know, it's like there is a saying, don't bring a knife to a gunfight yeah. for a reason. It's one of those things where I'm like, you're just going to let him go out there? You're just going to tell him, like, just go with your... Do you know how goofy you would look standing there? Like, yeah. This shit really, oh, like, it really fucking bothered me. Because, like, this is the whole, like, the movie is kind of, like, pushing you to this moment, you know, to this, like, father-son moment. The whole movie, you're wondering how much they actually, like, like each other. But in this moment, you can kind of see, like, there, there's this core. There's some chemistry. There's, there's some, some chemistry. Yeah, he real, cares. Real bond. He cares enough to give him a parable, but not enough to make sure you take the loaded weapon out of his hand. Just yeah. walk out the door. In X. Excusable. Inexcusable. That's quite, that's somewhat how you pronounce it. <laughs> Somewhere. That's... But I see the point. <laughs> Points were made. Points were made. Thank you. So, yes, that is the second reason why The Family in Friday is actually one of the worst movie families of all time. Craig's dad unequivocally fails at his one job in the movie. But that is not all. We are still not done. You got right. a whole nother reason. Another reason. After the break, we get to the one member of Craig's trash-ass family that we have not yet exposed. Dana, stay tuned. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. 
Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into this final reason. Okay. Okay, so the final reason that The Family of Friday is one of the worst movie families of all time. Three. Craig's sister, Dana, is willing to let him die over $200. (laughs) (laughs) So in the movie, Craig gets caught up in some of his best friend Smokey's hijinks, okay? Mm -hmm. So Smokey owes money to Big Worm, a drug dealer with a perm and a roller set. Yes. Played by Faison Love. Oh, perfect. So Smokey gets some weed from Big Worm, and instead of selling it, he smokes... All of it. Yeah. Uh, And now Big Worm is trying to, like, collect on the $200 that he owes him. So this is what happens. You gonna laugh your ass off. (laughs) You know, Craig? Craig got fired yesterday. What the fuck that got to do with me? Let me explain. We was talking over all our problems, right? And you know how we do it. We started getting high. We got fucked up. Look, nigga, I'm gonna be here 10 o'clock on the dot. Not 10.03, not 10.36. If you ain't got my money or my bud, I'm killing you and him. It's kind of rude for him to throw Craig under the bus like that. (laughs) It's a little more than rude. He endangered his life. That's what I'm saying. So I'm like, you know, I'm feeling that you're building this argument about the family, but Mm -hmm. I also just want to bring up Smokey for a second. Correct. Because Smokey is being a trash friend in this moment. Absolutely. I mean, I would never ever put my friend in a position like that. That is so techy yeah, and yeah. rude, to say the least. And also just like, that's fucked up. Yes, I would I would completely agree. You made an excellent point. Uh, many people have failed Craig in this film. But we are here today to focus on the family. Okay. So after they've gotten themselves into this situation. Smokey got them into the situation. <laughs> Smokey has escalated the situation. Mm. Uh, okay, so... They're trying to figure out where the hell they're going to get this money from, uh-huh. right? You know, they try a whole bunch of different things. Uh-huh. None of them seem to be working out. Right. And so then Craig goes to his sister, Dana, played by Regina King. Yes. So cute. She was ah, cute. This and she looks too. exactly the fucking same. I know. So Craig goes to Dana to ask for some help. Hey, Dana. What? Loan me $200. Me and Smokey got into a big worm today. We own $200. He said if we don't pay him, he's going to kill us. This man, her only brother, is pleading his case. He's saying, I'm in imminent danger. He has set up the stakes. He's trying to appeal to his sister to literally save his life. And this is her response. So you gonna loan me the money or not? Not. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Brittany, the sibling response is priceless. 
See, you're a youngest sibling, so you may not have ever really been in the position to have somebody ask you for some real ridiculous shit like that. Uh-huh. It is kind of funny to tell your sibling no when they ask you for something. I agree. And there's a specific little, just a little joy it just gives you just to be like. <laughs> she basically just said, Nick's get shot every day, B. You know. And walked out the door. They are in a black movie in 90s L.A. Somebody is very likely to die or at least get shot. Your only brother just told you that he might get killed if not for your help. How are you going to ignore that? That is kind of fucked up. <laughs> That's kind of fucked up. If my siblings called me and asked me for money, I would give it to them. Yeah. Up to a certain amount. $200? $200. I'd give them $200. One more note. Dana and the entire family clearly had the money. So I'm going to give you a couple clues. Okay. So family was not poor. They had two cars. It's true. Okay. They had two cars. Both parents worked. Everybody worked. Everybody was working. And Dana is constantly buying weave and getting her weave redone. I was just going to say, I was just going to say, her hair was being done all the time. Exactly. That's a good point. They have a front yard. Well, maybe that's an L.A. thing, actually. Yeah, but, I was going to say. <laughs> just because all of us here are struggling in New yard York. Insecure. Yeah. Yard uh, insecure. But still, the signs were there that somebody in the house had $200 to give this man so he wouldn't die. He deserved better. Craig deserved better. I don't know. The thing. The other thing is, too, is that Craig also played himself and displayed <laughs> poor boundaries with Smokey. I mean, Craig's 22. He has some interpersonal issues to work out. He mm-hmm. could use some family support. His sister was a little rude once he had set up the stage. A little rude. I'll give death. him that. Death. I'll give him that. I think that this was a little harsh. A little harsh. On Dana's behalf. This was, this was a little harsh. So, like, my thing is, like, you layer all this shit together. They weren't there for him. You know, actually, I would say... Based upon Craig's family of origin, it would make sense mm-hmm. that he would be friends with somebody who <laughs> is so low on accountability yes. as Smokey is. Because nobody shows up for him. Nobody. Wow. So in summation, the three reasons why The Family and Friday is actually one of the worst movie families of all time are they are on his ass constantly for being out of a job for one day. Mm. Craig's dad fails at his one job in the movie. And Craig's sister is willing to let him, her brother, die, get shot, killed over $200. It's hard to come back from that. Yeah. And look, we just need to remember, just to put this in context, Craig was a great guy. He was working most of the time. Most of the time. Yes. He, you know, stayed out of trouble again most most of the time. Yeah. He helped his friend get out of a career slump. You know, he was working That's to get... That's the way to put it. It's true. Okay. He was working to get out of a toxic relationship. Okay. <laughs> he clearly loved his family. You know, and he did his part to make the neighborhood better by standing up to the neighborhood's bully, Debo. Craig deserved better, Brittany. Wow. Makes me wonder about, like, where is Craig today? You know what I'm saying? Probably like, not how's, doing too well. Like, the no emotional scarring, yeah. you know? He clearly grows up with a complex. He's probably working harder in a job he hates. Just, you know, avoid the stigma of not having it together. He probably goes home often, you know, to check in with this family. But they don't care. They don't pay attention. <laughs> he was this great guy. And we failed him. Yeah, he kind of, I mean, I didn't fail him. <laughs> If, I mean, I didn't feel Craig. That's all I have to say about that. But he could have maybe had some more support. 
I didn't see it for this argument at the outset. I didn't. I didn't. That's fair. It's a um, big claim. It is a big claim. But, man. Yeah, his family failed him. His family failed Multiple him. times. And, like... All on the same day. All in 24 hours. And you don't even see the whole 24 hours. Damn. That's too bad. That's too bad. That's really too bad. So, look. I have to be honest. I just noticed how bad, horrible, no good that Craig's family was. But I still love this movie. Like, I've loved this movie it's forever. It's good. That's the thing. It's good. And the thing is, is that, like, I mean, did Craig's family kind of emotionally abandon him? Yes, but they're really funny. <laughs> and that I, makes thought, it okay. I laughed every time. Yeah. No, I mean, partly, part of the reason why I think I love this movie so much, it honestly just feels so authentic to real life. Like, when people are thinking about authenticity in movies, like, mm-hmm. you know, they usually associate it with, like, grit, violence, sadness, you know, mm-hmm. real life on the street mm-hmm. and shit like that. But for me, like, what makes something authentic is that it represents, like, human life. So, you know, for everyone, I don't care who you are, you know, how rich you are, how poor you are, like, there are still moments of fun and levity. So, like, true authenticity is telling both sides, you know, like, painting a full picture. And Ice Cube did that. Like, he redefined what it meant to tell this type of story to make space for laughter and joy. Yeah. And, like, regardless of whether Craig was going to need, you know, decades of therapy to overcome how his family (laughs) fucked him up, you know, what the movie did was show this ensemble cast of characters that everyone could recognize. And it told lighthearted, humorous stories about people, you know, who usually only get their sad, depressing stories told. Like, I think you can see a direct line from Friday to to a movie like Baby Boy, which is still kind of in the genre. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Or even a TV show like Everybody Hates Chris. Oh, I mean, actually, so much of the family in Friday. <laughs> you can see. And Everybody Hates Chris. I mean, like, Chris's little sister is yeah. like a Dana in training. No, really. And we really love is. to see it. <laughs> We do. We love love to see it. I do. (laughs) So, like, I think this legacy of, like, L.A. hood movies, and specifically, like, Friday's approach to them, should be longer, you know? So, I just, I hope more folks pick up that baton. But next time, you know, someone, please take the gun with you on the way out the door. (laughs) God. The Nod is produced by me, Eric Eddings, with Brittany Luce, Kay Parkinson Morgan, and Wallace Mack, with help from Shandukani Mulazi and Chuma Osei. We are edited by Sarah Saracen. The show is mixed by Cedric Wilson. Our theme music is by Khalid B. For additional music in the show, check the show notes. Over weed? That's the thing. <laughs> if you got yourself in a position like that over some weed, and then somehow, like, death is possibly the punishment and then you bring me into that that's just fucking dumb I would do it to you I know that you would (laughs) did I say we were friends oh shit plot twist plot twist and I'm happy I'm happy that you admitted how you really would do me in your true colors for what it's worth I think I wouldn't have gotten myself into that situation but if I was gonna go down we going together I'm not we not going together we gonna go together your poor impulse control is not gonna cause me to go down (laughs) we'll see